Welcome to The She Word, conversations that women rarely have, but really should. And today's conversation is women and the future. And I'm so excited to be having some really fantastic and powerful conversations with three very dynamic young women. I'm joined by Altea Gatt, who is studying dance at the University of Malta. I'm also joined by the most wonderful Antonella Bajea, grad student studying a master's in biomedical sciences, which is neuroscience, and also Mariah Manjon with the jazz hands, <laughs> with those jazz hands, who's studying law at the University of Malta. And I have been looking forward to this show for a really long time. So a huge welcome to you ladies. Thank you. Hello. 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 And I'm excited because we're talking about women of the future. We're talking about you as young women. And we're talking about something that I am really excited to learn about. So we're going to be talking about what your dreams are, what your fears are. But I want to start off just by asking you, if you can, define in just a few words what you feel it's like being a young woman in 2022. And I'm going to start, I'm going to dump you right there in the deep end, I'll tell you. But if you could, if you could sort of summarize what it feels like to be a woman in 2022. Hmm. Let me see. I think I would say being in 2022, we have lots of privileges which weren't there before, which we sometimes don't even acknowledge but there is also more to go. So I feel like there are times when I walk in the streets and I'm not entirely, I don't entirely feel safe because I am a female. So even though we have come a long way, I still feel there is way more to go. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that was a hefty opener. <laughs> okay, let's come to you, Antonella. A few words to describe what it's like being a young woman in 2022. Okay, so I think it's exhilarating, yet terrifying. Um, I think that we have so many opportunities that, yeah, like 10, 20 years ago, they didn't have. I mean, phone, social media, globalization, like we can travel to anywhere, you know. Um, but at the same time, as Altea said, like there are still some things that are not yet improved enough. I mean, there was the Colorado mass shooting yesterday um, in the gay club, which is insane. So it's like, it's exciting. There's so much potential. There's so much happening, but there's so much to be done as well. So it's a bit of like, both, you know. And you just touched on so many things in that one <laughs> one answer to the question because you also talked about social media, phones, traveling uh, and women in the position today and you talked about this mass shooting as well and we, we'll come to all of that because that's totally relevant. Aha, Mariah with the jazz hands. Hiya. Define for me what you feel like it's being a woman, a young woman in 2022. Well, honestly, I have to agree with what they said. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful to be a woman in 2022, but it's absolutely scary as well. Like, uh, there are so many things, like, for example, if I dress too modestly and I post a picture on Instagram, it's like, oh, she's too modest, she's a prude. But the second I show a bit of my bum, like, oh, what a W-H-O-R-E, if you will, just so I don't say the word. Like, you, you can say I mean? that, that's just fine. So, just so they don't think I'm a whore, you know what I mean? Right. So it's like this constant battle with yourself which like trying to show off your femininity trying to show off like yes it's me i have this body i'm starting to love my body because there's 
body images are whole other different conversation. But oh, at no, the we're s- having that. Okay, one. great. Okay, that's but, on here. But at the same time, it's this constant battle with yourself. Just like as I said, like I cannot show myself too much, but I cannot show myself too little. I can't speak out too much because they say, oh, she's so aggressive. But the second I keep my mouth shut, oh, she has no opinion. She's Maybe she's stupid. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> so Sorry. again, you've just touched on a whole bunch of topics that we're going to talk about over the next 40 minutes or so. And we're going to kind of break out and look at where you guys are at, because I am very, very happy to say I have no idea what it would be like to be a young person in your position in 2022. I would have been where you're at maybe, dare I say, 30 years ago. (laughs) Uh, And things were very different. We didn't even have social media then. We didn't even have mobile phones then. So it was a very different world. And I'm I'm really excited about this show. I'm probably one of the most exciting shows that we've had in the season. But I'm going to start by touching that you ladies are all studying for your careers. You're studying at the moment and you're looking forward to the future. You've you've chosen where you want to be going. What excites you most about your future as you as an individual, forget about society for a second, but you as an individual for a very personal uh, perspective, for example, Antonella, you're studying a, a master's in neuroscience. What excites you about your future? You, Antonella. Okay, so actually my neuroscience uh, dissertation is going to be investigating the neural activity of sexual arousal, um, which in Malta... <laughs> Sorry, we're on oh, the whole table. <laughs> Don't say that in wow. English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like in, in Malta, um, when I came up with the idea... Everyone was like, why? Why are you doing this to yourself? It's sexual arousal. It's Malta. It's not talked about. Like all that, you know. Um, But I fought for it. I was like, no, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm doing. And that's it, you know. Um, And yeah, so for me, I love sexual health and mental health. And basically, I don't know where, like which country or what job I'm going to have in the future. But I know that I want it to be related to sexual health and mental health because they're stigmatized and they're things I'm passionate about. Um, But I also, I'm just excited to travel, to experience different realities, you know, in different countries and sing as well and just dance and just really live life to the fullest, you know, like with all the good and bad experiences. Isn't she an (laughs) all-rounder? But but well, first of all, first of all, because Mariah, we both looked at each other and went, wow, we're talking about sexual and neurology and so on and so forth. And we're both like, woof. For, For you, you're studying law, which may be a little more... Wait for it, wait for it. She's coming to it. Acceptable. <laughs> You're studying law, but what yes. excites you about what you've chosen to do? And and are you planning to travel and everything yes, as well? Yes, definitely. First of all, I completely, I would just want to say how amazing it is. Because in Malta, sex talk is just absolutely hush-hush. And you don't know how to put a condom on. And it's like, yes. it's, yes. it's like yes. you don't know what a vagina is. <laughs> like, This show is going to take a whole new turn. (laughs) Do I need to tell you ladies about that? (laughs) I mean, so it's kudos to you because it's absolutely amazing what she is doing. Um, With regards to me, um, I decided to pursue law because I just feel like... um, 
law-wise, I feel like as progressive as we are, we are sometimes still a bit um, old in our mentality. I mean, and plus, there's a lot to fight for, especially women's rights. I mean, I'm not going to go in into it, but, you know, there's a lot of with um, IVFs and, you know, abortion and all of that stuff. And I just want to be that person that's not going to say, no, you're wrong, no, you're right, I don't care. But I want to be that person that... I will help you give you the voice. I will be there for you to support you legally and morally. You know, I just want to be the voice, you know? I can't wait to see you in 10 years' time. Can we do this show again in <laughs> 10 years' time? Let I want to see where... I mean, already I'm excited by you two ladies. <laughs> and now I'm coming to Altea because I know that uh, performing arts and dance has been a passion of yours for a very long time. And we'll talk about the pandemic in in a few minutes but obviously that has had an impact on what you're doing but now here you are studying yes and you're pursuing your dream so is this mm -hmm. what is exciting you is this what gets you up in the morning i mean to me it was i always had school and i always did my extracurriculars on the side so i would dance i sing musical theater and all of that and in malta it's always okay that's your hobby now you need to find your job like your career your path that was always the mentality i had but the more I grew up, most people start dropping out. They're like, okay, now it's time for me to focus. I need to like get my schoolwork done and I don't have time for my extra stuff anymore. But to me, it was like, I don't want to stop this. I, it's just not even passion or love for it. I need it. I, it it's, it's part of me. I wouldn't be me if I don't dance, if I don't go on stage. Because I just feel like it like gives me life, if I could say that. So for me, the, the fact that I have the opportunity to study dance because this wasn't there. I think the course started like 12 years ago. So it's, it's fairly new. So most people didn't even have the opportunity to study dance. So to me, just the fact that I can pursue something I love, to put it simply, is just crazy. Well, I'm super pleased for you as well because you're obviously <laughs> very, very excited. And, and I'm very hopeful for all three of you. Now, before we come to some more of these sort of socio questions about about the society and so on. I want to just touch on one thing because we're to heading towards the end of 2022. And for the most part, we've kind of forgotten about the pandemic, the pandemic which has impacted us f massively for the last three years. And before we sat down to chat, Mariah, you said something really massive about the pandemic. And I think it's really worth for any of us who are not your age, who have not just gone through your version of the pandemic, to just be respectful and mindful of what you've just you've just gone through. What I said, I said that with the pandemic, that being from 2020 till, I mean, beginning of this year, yeah. I think me as an 18-year-old, like I missed 16 and 17. I didn't, you know fulfill those years and I just feel like those were very crucial years for me and for people my age and I mm -hmm. and then you said like oh because for you it's not whatever so I, you know what I mean like it's it's you it's actually crazy. said you'd missed out on the best yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you uh -huh. were no, saying and like... I, and, I, and I probably did what most people my age would do, which is kind of slightly poo-poo that. And for that, <laughs> I apologize. Because when I think back to when I was 16 and 17 and 18, you're absolutely right. Those mm -hmm. were very important years. And you guys spent that... 
At home. At home. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so do you feel as well, Antonella, you've missed out on the best years? Yes. I mean, for me, I had just turned 18. Like when I was young, I was really like, I would never go out. I was more of a homebody and I, I had some mental health struggles. So I was focusing on that. And I still remember like a week before everything shut down, I was like, I am going to start going out. I am going to live my life. I had I just it. started a relationship <laughs> with my first like ex-girlfriend. Um, and like a week before, and she was from Denmark as well. So everything closed down, airports closed down. I had to move back to Gozo. My life fell apart in like a mm -hmm. week's time, you know? Um, and I mean, starting a long distance thing in COVID, like the moment COVID starts is a scary thing in itself. Um, and so, yeah, so those two years were just a bit of a mess, but Um, although I do agree with you that they they were like my best years gone, I did take it as an opportunity to grow personally and kind of deal with my mental health struggles and get better. Um, and so I I am a bit grateful for them as well because like being forced to be with yourself is something that we don't have time for nowadays like we're so busy there's so much pressure Jesus to be Christ. and do everything you yeah. know that it was kind of a break that was needed in a way as well say that again <laughs> so, because sometimes people on this show say something that's really profound and I and just as you said you'd missed out on the best years you just you just said Yes. That we don't have time for our, we yeah, don't make time for ourselves. You, you guys are, are, are 21 and 18 years old. Do you really feel like you don't have time to? Oh, no. Definitely. Mm -hmm. There is no I time. I wish yeah. I had the time to sit down and, you know, simply do some skincare and uh -huh. simply, yes. you know, unwind. Because at the back of my mind, especially starting mm. this law course, uh -huh. I'm like, Lalo, this episode of Friends, how nice is it? Oh, wait, I need to read Constitution Law. Yes. Oh, yeah. shit, never mind, let me read. So I'm ne I never have that, like, no, moment. No, sweetness, friends should always win. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's friends. Put to Constitution Law to one side yeah, for an episode that, of Friends. That is, that is the truth. Like, I, there, there comes to a point where I'm like, do I meet my friends or do I study? Mm -hmm. And then if I meet my friends and I go back home, I had a great time, I'm in my bed, I'm like... That just cost me my yes. future. The and I'm in a, an existential crisis constantly. Like, mm -hmm. yes. I'm going to come to you. I'm talking <laughs> to you, ladies, and suddenly these massive questions are just coming out from from the first five minutes of this conversation. But for you, I know that obviously you want to. You're studying performing mm -hmm. arts. You're studying um, uh, dance, which means that for the last two years, you've not been able to perform or to be on a stage to experience any of that. And that's your passion. That's what you yes. want. I mean, talking about the pandemic, just as Mariah said, they are listening to my parents. They're like, oh, because my graduation and my last few days at fifth form and starting sixth form, they're the memories that my parents look back on and they're like, this was the best time of my life. So I, I got really sad. I was like, it's not fair that this time is being taken away from me and I don't have an option. I didn't have a graduation. Me I didn't either. graduate from me fifth either. form. We were lucky to have a prom, at least. Mm -hmm. We got to do that. But I was, it was almost a mixture of being sad and being angry because I was so angry that it's taken away from me. I don't have a choice. I have to stay at home whether I like it or not. I can't see my friends. I can't go out. It, it was, it started out as sadness, but as time went on, at least for me, I just got angrier and angrier. 
I was like, this is not fair. So and, I got into that. And I think that we've all grown up with, and I'm going to say something really silly, but something that affected me. We've all grown up watching high school musical and yes, stuff like that. that yes. And we were all like, yes, senior, you're going to wear it. And, and boop, nothing, bye. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I, I have a tra- we have a tradition at my school, at, at Handa. Shout out to them. I love them all. They're so great. <laughs> Just Hans. Yay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a tradition um, that our um, tracksuit jacket, we paint it. With anything we like. So if you're really into rock music, you, you know, put a guitar on your back. And you're like, Mariah, I'm on John, class of 2020. I, I, I was, I had a phase. I really loved Spongebob for some odd reason. I was like always retweeting memes and stuff <laughs> like that. Okay. And, and, and I look back at my jacket. It's still hanging in the washroom upstairs and it's like half painted. And I'm just like, it breaks my heart every time. Because uh-huh. we're, we've romanticized this era in our life for so long I can recall all the high school musical lyrics I'm, I was Ooh. so looking forward to it then just gone but you also said Raya you said about the fact that you are now having to create a balance between studying and you're all studying mm-hmm. you're all yeah. seriously studying and being out with your friends and of course now that you're saying it I'm thinking back to when I was your age and and that's 16, 17, just before your mm-hmm. final year of A-levels. We weren't very serious about that, <laughs> that year. We were out having a good time and experimenting and, and enjoying You know, your first time you go out and get yourself a little bit wasted <laughs> and, and these sorts of things. And, and now you've just said you have to go in to yeah. study full-time and make that, that balance. And, mm-hmm. and the thing is that I think, with going back to what I said about the crucial ages, I think those are the ages where you can relax a little uh-huh. bit. Where if it's like, Isma, you did that, that's a bit bad, but it's not the end of the world. You can So it, it's the time where you lash out. Now you can't lash out because it's like serious. Now you get in trouble. For me, I get in trouble on my criminal record. You can't be a lawyer anymore. Bye-bye. So, you know what I mean? It's, uh, well, I would try and avoid anything on your criminal record anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, but there's a, there's a, especially like with the law course, it's all about knowing people. It's a fame contest, you know, being a lawyer. And, you know, uh, there there's a certain age where like you can dismiss any malicious behavior for just being a young, reckless kid. Oh, she knows nothing. She'll grow to mature. But now you're mature. We have, I think, I think we all have this suppressed child inside uh-huh. yes. that wants to rage yes. out. I mean, responsibly, mm-hmm. and <laughs> but we can't because uh-huh. now we're, we're adults now. Because even like the year between fifth form and sixth form, it's the one year where you're not continuing school. There's nothing. There's no schoolwork. There's no studying. There's nothing to because work on because it's a new chapter. Because usually between years, like if you're going from form five. From form four to form five, you still have like your summer work and you still have to study and make sure you remember everything from the previous year. But going into sixth form, it's like blank slate. You have a summer to do whatever you want. And there's the beauty And of we it, didn't but get we didn't that summer. It. Well, moving on from something you said, and I'm going to come to you, Antonella, because you're the oldest on the table, well, apart from me, but you're the oldest <laughs> on the table from, from this, this group. And you are now studying a master's. So I will come to ask each of you this question, but following on from what was said before... Do you feel the pressure to be someone, to accomplish, to be accepted amongst your peers, to be the best that you can? Or are you happy? You mentioned before about traveling and you're not quite sure where this is going to take you. But do you feel this pressure to be something and someone? I feel it every day. 
um, there's so much pressure to just be perfect, you know. But the thing is, I learned to love being imperfect um, because... So I entered the medicine course, which is like the science equivalent to the law course. You know, there's so much pressure. There's like, there's the idea that you lose your social life. Like I remember one person had said, I, I remember we were in a meeting once and one person said, but in our five years of studying medicine, we have no social life. And then they expect us to be social human beings again. And I remember hearing that and saying, no, like that is not the life I want to have. And so I went into the course and I studied, but I prioritized traveling, meeting friends. Like I finished my dissertation a few months ago in an exchange in Slovenia. I refused to stay in Malta. And I told my supervisor and he was like, you're crazy. And I was like, I know, but I'm doing it. And I did. And now I'm getting robed by the rector of the university. So I'm like <laughs> a bit of a fuck you to the people who said I can't do it, you know? Um, <laughs> as it should like, be, as it should yeah. be, no? I mean, but... It's like, I think there is so much pressure, but it depends on you as well to figure out what you want in your life. Like for me, I mean, life life is what we have. Our career is a part of our life, but we need to be happy and we need to feel fulfilled in what we're doing, you know? And that's like, that's what I try to remind myself every day when the pressure gets too much. But there's there's pressure from parents, from school, from social media, everywhere. And And being with our phones all the time, it's like you're being watched all the time. Like, and everyone knows you have your phone all the time. So even the pressure to text people quickly, like I tell my close friends, I'm like, I'm sorry if I don't reply in two days, but I don't, I'm not a big texter, you know, but you feel that you feel that you have your phone and you're watched. You you feel like you're never truly just living in the moment. You and know? I think, and I think you said something about happiness. I think that nowadays secondary responsibilities being studying being um active on social media you know all the stress and stuff became primary responsibilities when your primary responsibility should be yourself and your happiness the mentality is nowadays i'd rather have all the likes and uh, and the perfect body and be extremely upset than be mm -hmm. you know a little less popular maybe and but be happy That's the matter. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm even relating is. that to school. I remember times when I would like stay up till 12, 1, 2, 3 in the morning studying. 5 a.m. I have to wake up to school or doing my schoolwork till those hours. I was compromising my, my health. I was tired. I was going to school tired, sleeping on the bus, sleeping between like lessons, five minute naps. It's horrible. It's, it's, it's not something you should be doing to yourself. But we start to say, I can't be a bad student. I can't not do this to my full capability. I won't give 80% if I can give 100. But Because what will people think about me if I give my, uh -huh. my if, 80 Because if I always get this certain mark, I, I don't I don't get this mark just for once. I need But, to keep on reaching that. So let me be a devil's advocate for a second because you only get to live this life once. This is not a trial run. And you ladies have already missed out on two, two and a half years of your life and two and a half years of... <laughs> the years that you'll never get back, who is telling you that you have to get that grade? Who is telling you that you have to be that person on social media? Who is telling you that you need to get back to your friends within 15 minutes? Who? It's the society. Uh -huh. I think society in general push it upon you. I remember my parents when I was young. Okay, so in your last like 
final exams, you need to get everything 80 and over. If you get 90 and over, even better, we'll buy you presents for it. Which, it was an encouraging thing. But I was like, okay, if I got 80 plus this time, I need to get like 85 plus the next time. And you kind of start competing. You're like, I I want to do even better. Like, if I got a present this time, imagine what I'll get next time. But your family is not society. Your family is family. So who is society? Is this your peers? Is this your... It's everyone in a different way. It's everyone. Everyone putting in a little bit of that stress, like the academic validation. Uh, today, today you got eighty-five. Oh, that's not an eighty-six, though. But who uh-huh. said that? Even My teachers. parents. But then, but then you see friends. You're like, Ilalu, how good you went? You got an eighty-six, Mrs. X. She's like, yeah. Oh, but Mara got an eighty-five, so she's less. But oh, for a mark, Jesus Christ! And you, and you're com- constantly fighting yourself. But mm-hmm. I want that eighty-six. How can? Why can I not have that eighty-six? But- and it's a constant fight with yourself, even like. So I posted the same picture like her just with maybe a different shirt and how did she get 1000 likes and I got 500 likes and oh well that's a big topic we're going to come to in a second uh-huh. but coming to you because you're about to say I something th- yeah I think this is the thing as well though what society tells us we have internalized so in reality at this point apart from the societal pressure it's ourselves like we have been hearing get a 90 instead of an 80 or instead of a 70 and do this and do this for so long that now we put the pressure on ourselves even if we surround ourselves with the most ideal people that do not care and tell you whatever you do is fine that internal voice has been engraved in us since such a young age that it is so hard to break through you know and I I've been trying to do that in therapy for for so many different things but it it doesn't go away that easily because it's been there for for so long and and the fact that we're on social media, you know, we're seeing everyone's perfect lives and then we're stuck with our imperfect lives all the time. Like, so how can you not feel like, like it's impossible to not feel unworthy sometimes because... So know. we're going to come to social media because you've all mentioned it during this last five minutes. You've mentioned, you've mentioned, you mentioned social media and it's something I mentioned it before. I've said... I didn't grow up with social media. I started working in London in 1997 and there was not even the internet. There was no websites. (laughs) I mean, seriously. You're one lucky person. Thank you. Uh I cannot say that. Because it's with everything. And today, you cannot do anything without using the internet. Today, even dating. Mm -hmm. if, if If I see you and I like you, you go on my Instagram, uh-huh. you wait for me to post a story, like story, like story, like story, and like, when is this guy going to text me? You don't, you, you don't go to a person and like, smile, like, you want to go for a coffee? No. And nowadays, if it's the other way around, if you text me, like, you want to go for a coffee? I'm like, who's this creep? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. 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 Yes, yeah. yes. 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 I'm sorry. Hang on a sec. Okay. First. Okay. <laughs> we're going to come to the whole creepy coffee thing. In a second. <laughs> but coming back because you mentioned. Mariah, just a second ago, you said if you don't get a thousand likes on your picture, then you haven't achieved. Okay. I mean, I post, okay. And I like it when people appreciate my post, but I'm probably less driven by that than maybe yourselves because you are absolutely right. I consider myself lucky that I grew up in a time where there wasn't social media. I didn't, I've grown into this. And, and quite frankly, you know, I'm still at the point where I go, can someone tell me how, how do I do this? Because I'm at that point. Having that pressure that you've described, 
I've never had a thousand likes and I'm never going to have a thousand likes. But do you, does that, I mean, I'm asking this question and I know the answer because I know how I feel now. I just probably feel like it's escalated a thousand for yourselves because you've always had it. But does it really matter? Do you, if you post a picture, does it really matter? I would be lying if I said it doesn't matter. It's okay. Because really and truly, it doesn't matter. It's not going to change anything in my life. But, you know, it sucks. It's like you're the black sheep. You know what I mean? It's like, oof, wait, I wanted the validation of it. I mean, what? That's the word, validation. Yep, 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 yep. It's but who, who validates you? These people are not even people you know. Exactly. That's the point. You are validated. You are impressing someone so much they don't even have to know you. Wow. You ladies, is this, you feel the same? I, I agree. Um, but I also think that I think because of social media and everything, we forgot that the person that we need to feel validated from the most is ourselves. And I think that we forgot that. And that's why it becomes so difficult because we forget self-love. There, there's no time and energy for self-love anymore and self-validation. We just seek it from outward sources, from social media, from likes. And I think that becomes a problem as well, you know. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you a question then based on what uh, we've just said, Antonio's just said. I'll tell you, if, if we don't have time, if you don't have time for self-love, but you have time for socials, is that not just a misappropriation of time management? Yes. I think it's because I look at myself. I would say I am addicted to my phone. As soon as I don't have my phone in my hand, I, I, I start, I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. It's, it's crazy because everything is on my phone. If I need to talk to someone, if I need to call someone, if I want to look at photos, if I want to, everything is on my phone. So I'm constantly on it. Sometimes I'll just open an app and close it and open another one and close it because it's just the feeling of having my phone in my hand. So it is definitely time wasted, but it's kind of like this addiction that even if I'm watching a movie, I'll still keep my phone in my hand or I'll still like be scrolling through Instagram, not even looking at it, but just having my phone in my hand, which is horrible. So I feel like if we could get this idea that it's okay to leave it there or if there's notification and I can't get to it, I, I start losing my mind in a lecture if my phone rings and I can't instantly like turn and see it it's it's this feeling of like but I need to know and I need it it's like a safety blanket so if we had to use our time better we could definitely find more time for ourselves even though it's not as easy as just saying find more time because a lot of people are just like but if you have time to do this you have time to do that but it's not as easy as just saying it it's it's a mental confusion and the mentality is is that um i know it's wrong but i'm going to keep doing it mm -hmm. yeah. because it's 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 like it's like it's, it's like junk food you love uh -huh. i love mcdonald's i like chowing down on a big big mac and just absolutely going ham over it like i will be destroying it in two minutes vanish uh -huh. gone where did my, the big mac go it's in my tummy now <laughs> but it's not right like mm -hmm. and that's the problem but I think it is also a challenge, a good challenge to fight these ideas that we have. Um, when I was, I think I was, I had just turned 18. I went to a silent retreat for a week, which went, which meant no phone, 
no talking to anyone, just me and myself for an entire day. I, I, I would not be me. I would not be me. I could never, never. Me, you are one brave. Uh-huh. Oh, no. I, to be I go fair, I was also, I, I thought this is either going to kill me or make me stronger. One of the two, you know. And I remember in the first day, I I'm, I kept a tally, like people, like if I was in prison, you know, I kept a tally of every time I wanted to use my phone. Instead of using it, I wrote a line. And in the first day, I remember it was like 70 times. I was so tempted, you know. And by the end, it was like maybe five times. Like, because this is what we're used to. But when you challenge what you're used to, that's where growth comes in. That's where you're out of your comfort zone and something good will happen. And I mean, I still look back at that silent retreat as one of the best experiences of my life. I didn't want to talk to anyone after that week. I was so used to my routine and myself that, you know, like, I I think this is what we're used to. And it's sad, but we we also do have the power to to challenge it here and there and experiment with it, you know, and, and also find the beauty of social media as well. Because it, like everything else, it has its ups and it has its downs, you know. I mean, if it didn't have its ups, it we wouldn't use it uh-huh. I think much. I think the problem with us is, is that we all have the power. It's just we're living in such a fast life that it's only a certain of us like you, which, by the way, well done. Uh-huh. Um, only a certain of us have the power to sit down with themselves and say, okay, I'm going to use this power. Like, oh, no, no I'm just, my life's too fast. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. F, F the silent retreatment. Who cares? I'll drown in my self-loathe or whatever. <laughs> yes. It's, 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 it's such a... And no wonder we're all so depressed and this, uh-huh. no wonder there's a decline in mental health because it... it okay, okay. Wow. Just wow. Um, I mean, you guys are really dropping some massive humdingers today. You you just said, Antonio, you just said, when you challenge what you're used to, that's where growth comes in. And then you've just mentioned mental health. Do you, we were able to talk about mental health much more freely because of the pandemic. That's the one thing, I believe the one good thing that, do you feel that your mental health has been challenged? Do you feel that you can talk about it freely? Do you feel that, and do you feel it's tied to social media and your addiction to your phone? I mean, I do feel like there is, again, an improvement. So it's not as taboo as it used to be. But I still don't feel comfortable being like, oh, because I'm feeling really anxious or I feel like I'm mentally not in a good state because people are like, get over it. It's the old mentality. They're like, you're not depressed. You're just sad and you're over dramatic. Like, let's move on. Let's get on with it. So whenever I'm like, I feel I feel really down. Like I I would say I'm depressed, but in the back of my head I'm like you're not. You you think you are, but you're not. Because that's what people feed you. At least you're a Malta growing up. You, I I never heard of why am I get over it? Eh? Yeah. Even like when you fall when you're young, they're like, get up, you're fine, you're fine. It's nothing. Even despite the pandemic, there's been an improvement after the pandemic, but it's still I feel a huge taboo. Like if I had to be in university and go to a lecture saying, I don't think I can handle this assignment because mentally I, I didn't have the time and I didn't have the space because I, I, I just couldn't. They would not accept. I'm pretty sure. I can't say for sure. But I don't think they would. They would be like, and... Antonella is nodding because you mentioned before that the pandemic gave you the opportunity to work on yourself and intimated that you had some challenges do you feel like we are more open to discussing mental health? So, do you think it's do you think it's something that young people is it pandemic is it its own pandemic in young people? Yeah, I for think sure. so. 
And the thing is, I think we're getting better at it, but we're getting better at talking about depression and anxiety and every other mental illness. No, I've been diagnosed with complex PTSD, borderline, and still borderline is like, oh, you're like one of those weird evil people in movies. Oh, you're promiscuous. That's why any like bad sexual thing happens to you. And I, I've, I'm on medication, like psychiatric medication. And I've had people tell me, oh, so you can handle this on your own? Yes. Uh-huh. And That's yes. So yes. Like, Going to therapy is like, it's like a weakness. It's like yeah. your breaking point. You know, she had to go to therapy. Uh-huh. Yeah. She couldn't handle it on yeah. her own. Who is yes. saying this? And even if you don't hear it, you feel it. But but from your peers or from your parents or from your From the peers, maybe a bit less, just because Uh I think we're all in the same pool. Like if, 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 if... Someone comes to me and is like, Ismail, I have to go to the It's like, good for you. Like, uh-huh. But if, like, I don't know, an older person who maybe has, who is not maybe mentally as open, is like, you know, she had to go to therapy. Uh-huh. It's still a therapy. It's like a huge Even, thing. I'm like, it's not. Whereas we discussed in the show Mental Health, Yasmin Giorgio said everybody should always yes. go to therapy. Yes. Everyone I should. That. Everyone uh-huh. should. Yeah. Amen to that. And I, I once read something that said, like, we are going to therapy because of the people who didn't. Because it's true. Mm-hmm. When you're going That's to therapy, so like, <laughs> and I, I love that because I agree. And for example, there is this idea that a lot of people our age are breaking generational trauma and generational cycles, which is true mm-hmm. because. For once, we are becoming more aware of it, even movies and stuff, they explain and and we want to get better. So we're in therapy to get better. But sometimes the older generation, they, they didn't have that luxury in a way. They didn't have the opportunity to just go to therapy. They felt like they needed to. But it's so important. And and we need to change that because even I've I've heard from people my age, like people that are my friends saying that like, oh, why are you on meds? Why are you going to therapy? It's a waste of money. Like it, it's... It's everywhere, but it's it is getting better, but it's still so there. Like physical illnesses, yes, you break a leg. Oh my god, everyone's wishing you get well soon. Everyone's visiting you. You have a psychotic episode, a manic episode. Everyone talks about you behind your back. Mm-hmm. I've had an experience where I was in a really bad mental state last year, and one of the people I was living with, who I thought was my friend. Instead of helping me through it, I heard she was saying bad things about me behind my back, about what I was going through. And and it was so, like, it was hurtful, you know, because the people that are, and even nowadays, like, you post on social media, oh, mental health awareness, but then no one knows how to deal with mental health issues. You know, no one actually knows. You will post a story, but that doesn't mean you are helping people and in not real everyone life. will care no no by the way because this is going back to a bit on social media you're like oh you know mental health yes awareness month share story mm-hmm. yeah. but the next second you're like lala right to the yeah it's true like they people just don't know how to deal with mental health problems in person and and for example for me i speak a lot about mental health and sexual health And so people like tell me a lot of the times, like, thank you for speaking up. It's really amazing. But then 
the mo- like they know me as I speak about this and they see me as having control. Like when I first got di- diagnosed with borderline, so many people were like, no, that can't be. You're so calm. You, you're so successful. It's impossible. Like, <laughs> okay, thank you. You clearly know what's going on in my mind, you know? Like <laughs> it, it's, it's so insane. Just because you're academically or outwardly uh-huh. successful, your mind is in a perfect state. But, but, but you also have a much larger audience than, for instance, when I was growing up, and I had my own mental health issues. I had eating disorders as a, as a teenager. I had therapists. I had psychotherapists. I had all sorts of things. And I experienced that. And But my audience, who knew about it and knew what was going to happen to me, was very, very small. And I could contain it because I didn't have social media. So there is that other element of that. Whereas now, anybody who wants to follow you can practically see what's happening in your life and that Mm -hmm. is that I'm just I'm just assuming but it applies to me as well that the pressure of that is phenomenal I want to move on from this just for a second and as I'm as we're talking I keep thinking to myself oh my word we're going to have another 10 shows with you ladies you know what I'm saying (laughs) we are not even started on this but I do want to ask you um I'm not wanting to be pessimistic but I want me as an adult, as a 48-year-old adult, to understand what is it that scares you the most about the world today? I'm going to come to you because you're shaking your head, Antonella. You're like, I so have an answer. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, social media is the first thing. Like even, for example, I have two nephews and a niece and seeing them grow up with phones, tablets all the time. I'm like, Uh like, it scares me because imagine, for example, nowadays I know that if I see like these perfect photos of models, right? I'm like, okay, in reality, no one actually looks like that. But imagine an 11 year old girl still growing up, still having changes in her life, you know, to seeing that thinking that that is the reality. Like you're being portrayed this perfect ideal, which is never actually true in real life. And they're not going to be able to know the difference. Like imagine the mental health problems that that's going to cause. And I I fear sometimes like being in an age where you can't do, I mean, I feel like we're already in that age, but where you can't do anything without social media or your phone, like we're missing the, the rawness of life sometimes, you know, like that being in nature and having nothing else, you know? So that is one thing that scares me. I mean, climate change scares the shit out of me. Like I know so many people who have told me, I don't want to have kids because they're not going to live because the world's going to end by then because of climate change. Like it is such a big fear, you know, like these, these things. And I think then another fear is just not being able to, to do what I'm really passionate about. Um, I, I'm think I'm trying to not get to that stage. But I've had people, for example, tell me, I mean, they care about me, but they tell me, listen, like you're involved in a lot of voluntary organizations. You love speaking out about these things, but this isn't what's going to get you money. Like you need to think about your future. You need to think about money, not what you like. And that to me is like, (laughs) so like, why, you know, like, so that scares me sometimes. I know I'm, I'm fighting to be able to do what I'm passionate for, but the idea of money is so terrifying. We were talking about this before. Like, and all three of us were like, yeah, money is just scary. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. My fears are, I think, 
three things that scare me the most. Firstly, um, property. I feel like I feel like um, it's getting so expensive. Like in my age, when I get to buy a home, I swear, like a flat in MC is gonna probably be like a, a million euros. <laughs> I'm not even. Jo- it's scary. Uh-huh. It's really really scary. I was comparing. We were having a conversation, me and my mother, a few days ago. I was actually on the way to the to the dentist. And I was just, like, telling her about this thing. And she's like, well, we bought our home for 90, for 90,000 lira. And we were thinking of selling. And the the jump from how they actually bought it transferred to, um, converted to euros, from how much they would actually sell it now, it's, like, crazy. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. And that's just something like, I'm going to be, what, 40 until I'm able to afford to get out of my parents' house. Which is like, not okay, for me at least. Like, I want to live independently. Um, Second fear, I want to touch upon what you said, the rawness of life. Like, nowadays, um, you, we cannot even let babies be babies. We cannot even <laughs> let kids, like, throw their food, whatever. Now... Sit on your tablet, be quiet, and whatever. Yes, yes. yes. We, and it's not just babies. You know, even younger girls as they're growing up, I used to love experimenting with makeup and stuff like that. So that is okay. But when you're putting up an image of just a seven-year-old in like already with lashes and, you know, like like toddlers and tiaras, uh-huh. this, this oh, pageant it's thing, it's, it's crazy, it's horrible. And third thing is that when will my kids, um, especially if they are girls, how they will be treated? Like, you overhear, peep, you overhear other... I have guy friends, you know, you overhear guys saying, Lalu, she has a nice personality, but she doesn't have any tits. Like, what's Mm -hmm. the point? And I'm like, oh my God. What if my kid doesn't have tits? What (laughs) does she do? Like, I mean, that's not the point, but like... If we are so focused about body, about how tiny our waist is, about how big our hips, about how much our nose is perfect and straight, then what the hell are we doing? Like, it's not about that. Even the way they talk, he's like, little man, what a butt she has. Like, no, don't talk about that about (laughs) my child. We will talk about that in a second because to be quite honest with you, the sadness is that that hasn't changed for millennia. (laughs) Except uh, that, except that now it is much more accessible. But that uh, wanting to obtain perfection and to be physically perfect perfect whether it be in victorian times where they had the you know the big Uh and the the white painted Mm -hmm. faces or whatever that has not changed but the pressure i should imagine with social media is much higher but going back to to this question of what are you really fearful of for the future i mean it's going to sound vague but living in general as in okay i'm 18 i'm an adult so to say but I don't feel like an adult so I'm learning how to drive a car if I had to buy a car what 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 goes into that if I have a problem with my car like what the problem is renting a house I basic things which we're not taught like taxes and all of that I'm like okay I know how to solve this equation and I know mm-hmm. how, how to say I, I would like to do this in French but if I had to go out into the real world and and start like buying a house and like paying taxes and being an adult in inverted commas 
it horrifies me because I feel like I know nothing. So I would like to ideally go live elsewhere, not in Malta. But at the same time, I'm horrified. I'm like, I do not know anything. And I'm like, I'm 18, I'm an adult. I should know this, but I don't. So so that's what scares me mainly for the future. Kind of yeah. you know, living in we general. We all know what a fibula is, but we don't know what how how insurance works. Uh-huh. I have yes. no idea. I mean, like, I know what Y equals X means, uh-huh. you know, straight yeah. line, but... but- what 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 the hell do, do I do when mm-hmm. my tire is flat and I'm in the middle of an yeah. in the middle of the night? What do I do? I can so give you classes on that. <laughs> that <laughs> we is need the classes. Classes. like we we need those why we because need living we, yeah. classes. Yeah, we, we do. Like no one teaches you the important things about life. Like you just you uh-huh. learn exactly what you said. And the like, mitochondria is the powerhouse. Of this <laughs> and some of us are fortunate <laughs> to have parents and you know to have family members. Like the second I get my car, my dad will be like, "Isma, this is how you polish it." This is how you. Uh-huh. But what if what if someone doesn't have doesn't. a dad? Mm-hmm. What if someone is you know. In a, a adopted or 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 I don't know who doesn't have who doesn't have those powers who doesn't have those utilities those people you know like if someone is in a, is an orphan like you know mm-hmm. situations that, that not only those but there are so many situations that you can't just rely on other people you know what I mean like it has to be the education system mm-hmm. which is you know compulsory till 16 that helps you with those things yes. you know even situations where you do have parents but you're not close exactly, enough to them yeah, that yeah, you yeah. would ask for help like and this is the thing as well if you're for example raised in an upbringing where you do not ask for help you work you solve things on your own how can you expect like to be 20 and you're stuck somewhere and then like you you wouldn't be mm-hmm. able to ask for help because you've never been been free to ask for help like there are just so many situations where the yeah the education system has failed us in so many ways you know and it needs to be changed and i mean even like sex ed for example it is like now the last um like document that's been like working on sex ed was like 10 years ago i think like it has changed so much now they're working on it um there is a survey <laughs> like or you know but but it's it's insane there was a decade difference like so many things have changed even within the lgbt community like that's advancing so much but like the education system is so far behind i remember i remember in year four they're teaching us how babies are made and the um the psd teacher is changing colors Uh trying to explain how this goes into that and this happens yes. <laughs> and I'm just and we're all and we're all obviously we're year four students everyone's like, oh, like laughing at him so crazy well in fairness I'll tell you that hasn't changed in, I know, in but, decades, but, because... but there should be I feel like there should be a certain assertiveness to it but it's like it's okay let's have yes, this conversation uh-huh. you know what I mean listen That's... I there, there are three things that that I want to just ask in this particular show before we come to a, an end because I feel like we could sit here and talk for hours, which just means that we need to do it again. <laughs> All right. And I'm going to get you guys to come back. But the first of that is what really interested me is you spoke about you and the world in general and the anxiety of being in the world in general. You spoke about the pressures that you're under and only Antonella mentioned the environment and what's happening in the planet, which surprised me because I would have assumed with everything that's going on at the moment that 
you guys would be maybe a little bit nervous, but you also said, you know, why why are you having a why would you even think of having children when the the planet isn't in? Is that does that ever come on your radar? Does it ever, or is it just too scary to think about? It's not one of my main concerns for the sole reason that I just I am not, and it's going to sound horrible, but I'm not not I'm not not interested. It's just not on the front of my mind it is at the back of my mind it is like a constant concern where like I wouldn't be able to go have a swim because the water is so polluted which is so sad you know but it's not it's not really there like it's not it's not for her for her I think it's maybe for you it's more mm-hmm. important I feel like no but it is a completely sad thing I mean scary mm-hmm. it's absolutely there's no other words to say except I mean, it's scary for me when I start to think about it it's it's I'm like horrified thinking even when I go abroad, just the difference in air. When I come back here, I just feel like yes. suffocated. <laughs> but then yeah. I'm like, I can do my part. I can try to catch a bus if I can. I can walk. I, I try not to use aerosols and all of that. But I did my part. I can't stay worrying about other people. Is it horrible? Yes. And it is getting worse. But I can only do my part. And not that... This is going to sound wrong. I could like be an activist, not activist, but like speak out about it. But it's, as Mariah said, it's not on the front of my mind. There are things that worry me more currently. And I think the problem is, is that, yes, I would probably ride the bus if I wanted to, but I don't want to. And that's you the know, mentality of most people. I'm learning to drive a car. Abroad, there are so many people that just don't learn how to drive a car just because... Um, public transport is so easy and so achievable but But i'm like but it's not just that it's it's a balance of the country's problematic transport system and my own selfishness i want to have my own car i want to put in the first gear second gear put press the Uh brakes But, but and you know it's 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 the the readiness of it as well but at the same time i'm not helping the environment i'm being selfish just because i want to experience something for myself you know i'd rather honestly i'd rather wake up at 5 a.m arrive at 7 a.m at university and wait till 9 a.m for my lecture than waking up at 7 and grabbing the bus at 7 15 just to be at i'd rather be a slave of myself but but adore your honesty Uh what i say to that is because this is a conversation i have a lot with my parents What's my problem with the buses is it's not reliable and I hate relying on other people. I'd rather be late and say it's my fault. I didn't leave early enough and I, I drove here. But if I have to get the bus and I leave at 6 and it's supposed to pass at 6.30, 6.45, 7, no bus. That feeling of you can't do anything and they're like, not my problem. That's a really interesting it's, point of I'd control. I'd rather be at fault than not be. Uh-huh. You know what I, mean? I, I think it's also a matter of like a lot of the environmental issues, like, and I talked to you about this as well, like yeah. a lot of the environmental issues are stemming from generations before us. It's not like we, we were born like two decades ago, like we weren't the ones that created the problem. So there is that feeling of why am, why am I having to suffer the, the problems that were caused by the people that are older than us? And it's, it's tough, you know, it's like, why do I have to not experience driving a car just because of the companies that did these bad things like 20 years and ago? And still do those bad and things. And still do those And we don't things. know yeah. better, that's the thing. 
We're used to, you know, buying from a vending machine a plastic bottle. And my, mm-hmm. my nana says, we used to have a glass bottle. I'm like, how the hell did you used to use a glass bottle? And now I'm having to adapt to it when mm-hmm. it's not really the problem I created, but I have to solve it. And I'm not used and I'm not yes. used to going back because this is. This is what I know. This is like, I, I can't have an, I, I can't find an example in my mind, but you are get, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot to break the cycles of how we were living before. Like it takes a lot and even it's expensive. It's it expensive it to is. be eco-friendly. It's expensive to be vegan as well. Like mm-hmm. anything vegan costs like twice as much. Like it's, it's not just the fact that we have to solve this problem that we didn't even create, but it's expensive for us. And we don't, we don't have the resources to, I mean, I like, I live alone, right? Like with friends. So I have to pay the rent. I have to pay the bills. I have to buy food. Like (laughs) sometimes if the cheapest, like if the less eco-friendly thing is like five euros cheaper, then that's what I have to go with because. This is a whole show in itself. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm glad that we opened the topic because you have really opened my eyes. Um, You mentioned, Mariah, about how you meet boys, boys or girls, and that's through liking a social media (laughs) post. And I want to just ask you, is that really the reality of how you meet somebody that you want to engage a relationship with? If you see whether it be a boy or a girl, how do you go? Because in my day... Um, it used to be that you would kind of, you know, flirt a little bit around the corner and then you might put, you know, this sort of thing. We didn't have social media, so we didn't have that that mechanic to engage through. You talked about liking a post. What's 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 horrible about it for me is reducing everything to looks. Not let's say maybe they're not manipulating pictures and the pictures are true. It's looks. Fine, okay. The first thing you do see is how a person looks. Exactly. But there's so much more beneath the surface. And everyone's like, because that girl is a 10 out of 10. Like, th- this whole rating yeah. thing. I'm like, yeah. okay, maybe I'm not a 10 out of 10. I'm a 6 out of 10. But my personality, I'm like, get to know a person. Like, the per- at the end of the day, when you're old and you're, like, in your nursing homes, your face will... Sa- you, like, you won't look the way you did. What stays is the personality. You don't have to be in a nursing home for that to happen, do you? Yeah. <laughs> but, but at the far end, it's the personality. If you don't enjoy a person's company... It doesn't matter if they look the best they can, which is true. And I think I, I actually was thinking about this like a few weeks ago. I went to the UK for my sister's wedding and we were having a conversation with like my parents, her husband's parents, and everyone was talking about how they met their partner. All these magical, romantic stories about like how they met like 40 years ago, 30 years ago. And I was thinking... Almost every girl I've dated, I met her on Tinder. And like, what what am I going to say? Like, my magical my story magical, is we, my we magical swiped. Story, like. My magical story is I bought new shoes. I posted them on Instagram. A, a guy a guy liked it. And the rest is history. And that is like, <laughs> and I tell him, wow. I tell him, I'm like, I'm like, you know, it's a funny little story, but it's so boring and sad. What am I going to say to my children? Oh, your dad, yeah, I dropped his books, he dropped his groceries, and we look into each other's eyes, and, you know, I mean, everything is getting so fast, and we want some everything fast, we don't want to take the time to meet someone, gaze into their eyes, you know, Uh that romantic stuff, no, just swipe right, nowadays people, after like a month, they're like, okay, because we're dating, like, everything is so fast, they're like, she's my girlfriend after two weeks, I'm like, 
You you ladies have given me, and I'm fairly sure everybody who's watching this, profound food food for thought. I am really taken aback, and it's going to take me a long time to digest everything we've spoken about. And I want to do it again. So I'm going to ask you guys for season two, if you'll come back and we'll disseminate every single topic that we've spoken (laughs) about today. But I'm going to come back to the very first question that I asked you. And in light of this discussion, to close, I'm going to ask you the same question. In one line, using a couple of words, describe to me what it's like to be a woman, in a young woman in 2022. And I'm seeing Antonella is, bow, is no nodding. Pressure, no, no pressure. No pressure. But just on the basis of what we talked about, whether it be good or bad, just a couple of words to describe again, more concisely what we've just spoken um, about, what it's like. I think I remain with my first one, you know, like exciting but terrifying. Like there's just... There's just so much, as you said, to unpack about being a young person in 2022 that it, I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting that we, we have a relatively blank slate, you know, there's so much for us to experience still, but at the same time, there are so many problems and there's so much pressure that we need to deal with that. It's just think about the future and you're happy one second and you're depressed the other. Like, I think it's a beautiful mess. I will continue that and say it is horrifyingly exciting. There are moments which are exciting. I mean, being a female is empowering. I mean, we can have kids. Like, we have a lot more power than we realize just being a female. So, and the fact that it's spoken about more days is what is so exciting. And what I say is, if we've gotten so far now, imagine how further we could go speaking about women and how powerful we are but as the other said it is horrifying because some things don't change like as I said in the beginning just because you're a female okay we have to look at your looks and 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 what you wear and how you hold yourself when you you would if a man wears a suit you're like okay he wore a suit but if we're going to a wedding deep down you know that everyone is judging each and every dress every woman more because that was a bit too revealing and that was too conservative and so that's why I would say it is horrifyingly exciting. Ladies, I am absolutely thrilled that we did this. I want to say a massive thank you. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to do it again. I think we've just scratched the top surface of a massive topic. But I want to say for today, thank you very, very, very much indeed. Thank, thank you, Miss Trudy Oh, good Lord, no. <laughs>